Hi, I'm John Morgo, one of the last three guys to a podcast. We've switched our platform to Anchor. Why? Well, there's a couple of reasons. It's free. They'll help you produce and record your podcast. They'll also help distribute it, get you on Spotify, iTunes, and all the rest. And you can make money from it, even without any listeners. It really is a great deal. So join us. Download the software at anchor.fm and click to get started. And and be with us, the last three guys do a podcast on Anchor. Good morning, good afternoon. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever and whenever you happen to be watching us in the great wide world brought together by the Internet. We are the last three guys to do a podcast. I'm John Morgan alongside Daniel Bolton. Leon Brown is, uh, he'll be hopefully be calling us momentarily. Talk sports on a Sunday night, Easter Sunday here in the metro Atlanta area. Hope you're all enjoying your Easter Sunday. Again, we're coming to you live on Facebook. And this episode will rebroadcast on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud on Tuesday. Again, it's Sunday night. Tomorrow night, we've got the national championship game, Baylor-Gonzaga. The women's championship game is going on right now. Stanford and Arizona, and no one's surprised. I think Stanford's got a good lead at the half. We'll be uh, checking in with that game throughout the evening. So Daniel is here, and let's start it off by talking a little Reinhardt football. Daniel and I were up in Waleska yesterday. Reinhardt capped off an undefeated regular season. They went 8-0, 6-0 in the, in the Appalachian Division with a pretty big 42-14 victory over Kentucky Christian. And Daniel was on the mic for Reinhardt's win over Faulkner two weeks ago from the Crampton Bowl in Montgomery. We had a little bit of audio difficulty for that football broadcast yesterday. Not, uh, I think our audio might have gone out with about five minutes or ten minutes into the game, and then we just weren't on the rest of the way. So we got a lot of things that we need to talk about that didn't get on the first time. Daniel, first of all, uh, Billy Hall has become more and more of a confident passer. He threw for almost 300 yards. I think the exact total was 260 in this one. Didn't have any touchdown pass. Yes, 260 on the nose. Uh, they rushed for about 299 yards, but he's become a lot more confident in his passing. Uh, Navari Solomon had seven receptions in this game as well. And the thing of it is, I think you said it yourself. Um, there was a lot of chirping going on in the in the ball game. Reinhardt won the opening toss. They elected to receive, which is something that people hardly ever do anymore. You know, it's usually defer, which is uh, coach speak for we would like to kick. But they wanted to receive, and I just got to have a feeling that they really wanted the ball first to deliver the knockout punch of a strong drive to get that opening score. Yeah, and it makes sense because when I looked at the game two weeks ago when when Leon and I were in in Montgomery for the Faulkner game, uh, they elected – I can't remember if it was Faulkner that elected to receive or if it was Reinhardt that that deferred to the second half. Either way it went, Faulkner got the ball first. And, uh, no, excuse me, Reinhardt actually got the ball first, and they went three and out. And it was right. kind of surprising thing for us to see that they went three and out, you know. And it just seemed like the momentum had started off with uh, with Faulkner getting, you know, everything was going well for Faulkner at that point of time. They jumped out to a 7 nothing lead. They struck first in that game. So I, I think what Coach Miller was trying to say was, hey, listen, we are a team that when we hit the pedal to the metal, we're going to show this team that we're going to hit it. And we're going to go from start to finish 
and it's going to be like this for you all game. And, and that's what we saw last night uh, up in Wileska. Listen, Kentucky's Christian, they did a lot of turf, and they, they felt like they were a bit confident. I mean, they came into this game 10th in the nation in total defense, 11th against the pass. So it was kind of ironic, and it was kind of odd that Billy Hall would just have his way uh, with that secondary and with that back seven. It, it was just an impressive performance by this team on both ends of the spectrum. On the offensive side, they did nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. They they passed the ball well. And, and speaking of passing the ball, the receivers were running these outstanding routes. And these are, and most of these guys are running backs that are running routes like they are. Uh, Navarre Solomon was excellent. He had seven catches, like you said, six for 130 in the first half. So that's just to show you what, what kind of uh, thing that they were on. And they were running the football effectively with at least six or seven guys. So it was just – it was an all-around great performance. To me, I know they scored 42 points, but they could have scored more than that, John, and you know that. Yep. They uh, they left – they uh, they switched gears, put in Hunter Arters uh, halfway through the yeah. third quarter. And that might have been right. a that might have been a calculated move too. But here's Kentucky Christian. They were ranked 28th in the latest polls, first time in I think the program's history that they've gotten votes in the NAIA top 25. They knew they could. They knew a victory would put them at least in contention for the Appalachian Division crown. And again, here they are. As we've mentioned this during the ball game, they want they were they. This is a program that has been coming up in Corey Phipps, getting better each and every year. But when you're when you're uh, in this league, Reinhardt is the one hundred and two. Uh, was it the five hundred pound gorilla there that's stopping them from getting to the playoffs? And they thought they had enough to uh, to at least make it close. Um, they are they lost once to Faulkner already in a close contest, but they didn't have enough. And Reinhardt basically just told them, "You got you may be good, but you have a long way to go before you get to our level." It was fourteen to nothing at the end of the first quarter. It was tw- thirty-five to nothing at the half. The Kentucky Christian put up some uh, two touchdown drives in the fourth quarter, largely against Reinhardt's second-string defense. That made it forty-two fourteen. But yeah, this is the team that is v- going to be a very difficult out in the NA- NAIA playoffs. There is one more week of the regular season. That is next week. Reinhardt draws a bye because there are six teams. Uh, I'm sorry, there are seven teams in the league, so one team's on the bye, and Reinhardt draws it the last week of the regular season. So they, all those bumps and bruises can get fully healed before the start of the playoffs on April 17th. Uh, they are number ninth in the polls. They need at least one more. They need one more spot to get into the top eight, and hopefully uh, draw a first round home game up in up in Waleska. That right now is the hope. Um, Lindsey Wilson and Kaiser. They are also in the league, and they also are looking at top eight. Uh, seedings. Kaiser played their schedule in the fall. They're not going anywhere. Lindsey Wilson still has one more game left to play, and there still could be some movement to give Reinhardt that first-round playoff bye. But, Daniel, um, again, it's, it's really good for a coaching standpoint because now, as I said, Coach Miller, can, he can rest some people. There are some bumps and bruises. I think Navari Solomon might have uh, 
tweak something during that ball game so he can get a hundred percent. I mean, you play eight, you play eight games, and yes, this is a COVID game, a COVID season. So we've had uh, one game canceled due to COVID. That was the St. Andrews game about a month ago. They've played six straight conference league uh, league games. They need they they need this break right now to get really in, settled for the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, his, his guys are not complaining. I don't think they. Are. I don't think your staff is complaining. Uh, if you ask me, I don't think he's complaining. I think no, it, it, that, you know, this is a great time for him to unwind a little bit, uh, spend time with um, his family, his wife, his children. You know, and you know, just kind of clear his mind up. That I know by the time next Sunday comes, it's going to be time to focus on your next opponent. Which, of course, he won't know that until. Uh, the playoff uh, seedings uh, are unveiled, which is next Sunday. Yep. So he has time to, you know, get his players rested up, but but still remind them that hey, we still have some, we still have some things to do. We still have something to accomplish here, and and that's the ultimate goal, and that's getting to that national championship and and winning it. Mm-hmm. You know, so that we know that we've been first for a home playoff game. Right. And I think it's well-deserved to us. But most, I think just about every year we've had to go on the road. And we've uh, had to be road warriors. Well, no, there was one year. The, the year we went to the national championship, I think we had a bunch of home games. I think we had three home we had games. A bunch of- we had three home games before that trip down to Daytona um, for that right. one. So that was, that was probably the only one. I think last no, I think one year we had Concordia, but Concordia came up and upset us in advance. I think mm-hmm. that happened one year, and try, right. trying to remember what else. And then last, I think last year we went up to Marion, Indiana, uh, for the first round right. and had a game that was in the snow and the cold rain, the sleet. And here we are in April, and it was still well. It was chilly when we got to the ballpark. It did settle in for a really nice game, but. Uh, so yeah, so hope. I mean, again, hopefully we won't know this for sure until next week. But again, we really want that home game here in Waleska. And even if we did, if we don't get it, a lot of the seniors on that squad had a really good. Um, if that was the, truly their last home game, they went out definitely on a high note. And you and Daniel, I'm sorry, you and Leon went to uh, Faulkner. You guys went on the road to Faulkner, cramp, played in the Crampton Bowl in uh, Montgomery. And just just tell me, just tell our listeners uh, just about that experience, because really that's your first play-by-play game for for, for Reinhardt football, and here you are in a kind of historic venue in in downtown Montgomery. Yeah, um, and and actually it, it was my first play-by-play call in college football. Right, right. You did a I half against you did half against Union yeah, last year. Yeah. Union last year, but I never did an entire game, you know, so to actually do an entire game and, and to have Leon with me, I thought that that was a, uh, that was an, an honor and a privilege to get. It was a dream. And, and the crazy part was that I was so nervous, you know, mm-hmm. getting down. You know, I've been doing this for years, John, you know, yeah. I've been doing, you know, broadcasting and uh, broadcasting from Georgia Perimeter College um, mm-hmm. to high school football even the high school sports, but, you know, to step into the realm of college football, and, and yes, NAIA, but that's some good football. Oh, yes. Yes, it is. I thought that it was great, and, you know, Leon and I, we had our incredible chemistry, I thought, 
Uh, he did a great job helping me. I'd always say that it's always good to have that color guy or a color guy uh, of that nature or whatnot. So and we had fun. Um, the experience there at the Crampton Bowl, wow. I, I mean, beautiful stadium, beautiful backdrop. Everything was just it was just great. Uh, they treated us uh, like we were family. I have to, uh, we have Leon Brown coming in right now. He's, uh, he's calling us right now. Leon, I, I, you just texted me, um, here on the last three guys do a podcast saying you guys had a, had, there was something you needed to attend to. Is everything okay with you? Is everything okay with you now? Yeah, everything's good now. Okay. Well, you don't have to go into it if you don't want to. I mean, I can, I totally understand yeah. that. We're right now, Daniel. Yeah, cool. I'm, I'm, I'm going to chime in. I'm going to chime in. Okay, well, right now, Daniel's talking about your experiences in Montgomery uh, two weeks ago oh, okay. at the Crampton, Goal, Crampton Bowl. You're doing color commentary on for Reinhardt football's Daniel's first ever college game behind the mic, and you're here in an historic venue in downtown Montgomery. It was the first place west east of the Mississippi that had a high school game at night. Uh, you're right downtown, state capital, a few blocks away, and that's where a, a yep. bowl game was actually. A, a, the, you know, the Camellia Bowl or no, yep. Montgomery Bowls actually yeah, played there. So, I mean, yeah. this, had, this had to be an incredible, an incredible experience for you. Yeah, and like I said, it was for both of us. I thought that it was just a a, a great experience. We had a great time. Leon, I was telling him that uh, I was telling John and our listeners that. Uh, the way that they treated us there, I mean, we didn't have any, we didn't have any problems. They made, they tent out every knee. We had stats. Did you have food? Quarter by quarter. Uh, you? they they had snacks. Okay. And remember, we're in Cape, so they had snacks. They had water and chips. But you know, I wasn't expecting, you know, the whole bus stay to come out right you know, at this time or whatnot. You know, because of the COVID situation, and I can understand that. But I believe that if we weren't in the middle of a pandemic, oh man, I believe we would have had a full spread. Yes, you know, right? <laughs> you know, like we used to have in Gwinnett County, John. Oh yes, we oh yes. That, it was always a spread. Whether it was Zaxby's, Chick Fil A, whatever it was, mm. we had something in that booth. Yep. You know, and you know, it was just, it, it was just a wonderful thing to call. And we got a pretty decent game out oh, of it. Oh yes, kind of great game. I was checking the first time. It was it was probably maybe one of only three times that I've been calling Reinhardt games where we actually saw Reinhardt get tested. Mm-hmm. You know, with the exception of Kennesaw State, but that that was just that they were really really battle tested, and that's what it was. But the experience there, uh, beautiful city. Uh, I just want to thank the, the people at the Camilla Bowl, at the Crampton Bowl, um, down in Montgomery, Faulkner. Uh, assisting us with that. That was an incredible, incredible trip for us. Yeah, Leandro. So uh, what, what what was your experience? What did you think about all that? Well, first I was very impressed with how Faulkner University actually looked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, I was, you know, when, um, it kind of it, it kind of reminded me of how Kennesaw State looked, you know, as far as the facilities they provide us with. Um, I was very impressed with how the stadium looked, the way the people 
actually treat us, you know, we were treated like, 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 like professionals. Yes. You know, I felt, I, I felt like, I felt like when, when Daniel and I were up there, I felt like John Madden and Pat Summerall <laughs> to a certain degree, you know, um, the way the game went, you know, it, it wasn't your typical Ryan Hart game and no disrespect to Ryan Hart. Cause I know they just, you know, usually they come in, just, just knock their opponents out of the water early. You know, the, the, the other team's flatline quick. But this game was very, you know, it was very it was very back and forth, especially the first half. The first half was very, you know, it was it was, a, it was up and down. You, you, you really didn't know how it was going to go. You know, if it was going to go in Reinhardt's favor or not. You know, and it, it kind of, you know, it, it gave a chance to call it a, a very good game. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we, have, we actually had to be very complimentary to, to, um, to, to the other team. But overall, you know, um, the you know the experience was it, it was great. You know, um, it felt to me like it, it kind of felt like my very first time commentating again to a certain degree. Yes. You know, it, it was like, but you know, this time, you know, like the first time I was I was prepared this time. You know, it's like the first time, but at the end of my experience, you know. So. I, it, was, it was very enjoyable experience. I, I, I definitely look forward to doing it again, though. You know, um, you know, um, but yeah, the, the other team definitely—they they definitely came ready to play. That, that that is for sure. You know, they definitely tested Reinhardt. Um, you could tell that it was, it was it was very personal for him, and it and we, we got a chance to reflect that in in, in our commentary. You know, it was it was just a great experience. Well, I'm glad glad you got you got to experience that. Um, being kind of like feeling like a true announcer when you go out there, you go to a bowl that's a stadium that's got a little bit of history behind it, things that you can talk about, and you know the, you get your you get your own booth to yourself, and you really get into the game. So that and that's that's I feel I'm so proud of you guys for for doing that. And I really and I'm really happy that you were able to experience that. And again, as you said, Leon, hopefully it'll happen sometime soon. I was, we were talking with Daniel. Um, Reinhardt won yesterday convincingly over Kentucky Christian, for, uh, 42-14. They are 6-0. and They wrap up an 8-0 and season. They win the Appalachian Division. They are ranked number nine in the latest poll. There should be a little more movement in the poll because there is another week of games where they drew, draw the rotating by, so they will not play next week and will be back on first round April 17th. Again, that nine means they're on the cusp of holding a playoff game at in Waleska or going on the road. Um, the problem is the two nearest sites for road games would be Lindsey Wilson up in Columbia, Kentucky, or Kaiser down in West Palm Beach, Florida. Those would be the two closest. We've heard a lot of reports that maybe we could go, f- you know, there's, of course, sites in the Midwest, and, of course, the most far-flung uh, location would be southern Idaho uh, for a first-round game, and, you know, that would be a lot. <laughs> Uh, the logistics to get out there, I can't even imagine what uh, what would happen. But again, it's right now. It's just pure speculation. We have to wait to see what happens in the la- in the last week of the regular season, last movement of the polls. So um, that's we have to wait and see whether or not we'll be back in Alaska or someplace else for that first round. And of course, we're going to culminate in uh, Grambling, Eddie Robinson Stadium. That's where the NAIA championship 
will take place. And once that is over, we wait a couple of months and then we do it all again. Uh, we have two games confirmed on the fall schedule. Florida, the Sun Conference, they play. They played a uh, fall schedule last year despite COVID, so all those teams are done, with the exception of Kaiser, who is awaiting their postseason fate. Very interesting. You play your regular season and then you sit tight for about three months, and then you got to get geared up to play to uh, go in the playoffs. I don't under. I don't know how Kaiser is going to handle that. If anything, it makes them a very, very tempting upset target considering they have to get back in the swing of things and play a team that has probably been going for the last two months. Anyway, the two games that we have confirmed September 4th back in Kennesaw State, hopefully we'll be getting a full 60 minutes of football and not the 40 that we had last time. Hopefully, I think I think really what we need is an early start in that one. So the earlier we the earlier we start, the less of a likelihood that we get one of those late afternoon Atlanta thunderstorms, which is what happened uh, last year. And of course, October second, the Ave Maria Gyrenes will be coming to Waleska, and that be October second. And another thing about the Florida Sun School, since they already played, they are more apt to release their 2021 schedule around this time. Uh, we for all the others we probably won't get it until may or june so we are the last three guys to do a podcast we're back after a long long layoff layoff again um i was in vegas the last couple of weeks and i uh, did not make the trip to um to montgomery again it was my birthday so i just i'd take it a little easy for that and gave daniel and leon the opportunity to go and again a lot of stuff has happened in the intervening three weeks, it seems like every day there is some major piece of news that's been hitting us. But I want to go back, uh, talk about the Atlanta Hawks. They made a trade. They seem The Hawks seem to be kind of yo-yoing. They got up to as good as fourth in the NBA Eastern Conference. Now they're down to seventh or eighth. They're in line for the playing game. But Lou Williams, somebody dial up Magic City. He has been traded back in... Uh, for Rajon Rondo, Rondo goes to the Clippers. The Rajon move to Atlanta, that really never worked out for him. I don't think he ever really got comfortable in Atlanta, so he's back with the Clips. And Lou Williams is now back in Atlanta. Of course, the ironic thing is he hasn't really returned to Atlanta because it, the Hawks were on this two-week West Coast swing, which they always seem to go in. Although, although this is it's a little later for them this year, March and April. So I just want to get your impressions on what the Hawks have done up to the trading deadline, whether or not that puts them in position for an extended run in the postseason. Um, you want me to start, Leon? Yeah, but since you're, you know, the resident Hawks fan, yeah, I'll, I'll let you know that you start that one. I'll, I'll, I'll come in from here. Um, so I, I think that this actually worked out well for both teams. Um, I don't think there was a winner or a loser in this situation. Uh, the only way the Hawks would have lost is if Lou Williams would have actually went through retirement because he did contemplate on retiring. Um, according to reports and according to what he actually came out and said that he really thought about retiring. And I think it was simply because of the fact that he, he almost kind of felt betrayed by the Clippers. That's what it sounded like to me. But then I think at the same time he had to understand, Hey, look, this is a business and this was what was going to happen. You know, uh, 
I think that this probably should put the Hawks right there in that four and five spot. And the Hawks have been trending. They had one eight straight at one point in time. And I think that move actually puts them there. Listen, you're talking about one of the greatest six men we've ever seen in this league. Uh, you know, a lot of people argue that Jamal Crawford might be the best six man ever. And then some would argue that Lou Williams might be. But, uh, you know, Lou's the product of the son of Atlanta. He, they still say he's Georgia's greatest high school basketball player. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to have him back down, uh, to give that spark that Atlanta didn't have, that the Hawks did not have coming off the bench to have that and to go along with not trading John Collins, which I thought was a, a smart move by Atlanta, do not give him away. Yes. Don't trade John Collins because he's been phenomenal in, the, in this 12-13 game stretch. And then you have Trey Young and Clint Capella is playing awesome basketball. I, I mean, it just – the pieces just fall into place. And then you add that veteran leadership in Lou Williams coming off the bench. I think that this makes Hulk, the Hawks a four or a five seed. And I've said it. I've said it to a couple of my friends. I think that they're a four seed at best. I don't think they're going to top Milwaukee, Philadelphia, or Brooklyn. But they could get to that four spot. Because right there, between four and 11, I mean, they're still separated by a good three games. So a three-game losing streak and a three-game winning streak can mean a lot. If you remember, Atlanta was, I think, 11th at one point in time. They went on this eight-game winning streak, and they went all the way up to four. Right. At one point. So it's, the Eastern Conference between four and ten, it is, it's tough. It's tough, and it changes and it fluctuates week by week as these teams are going. I think the Lou Williams move was great. For the Clippers, I thought that that was a great move to grab Rondo. Mm-hmm. They needed a point guard. They did not have a point guard that sets the most. Listen, for this Clippers team, and I think a lot of people would say this now, there shouldn't be any excuses. I'm not saying to get out of the West because when LeBron and AD comes back, you still got to contend with the Lakers. Right. And Utah's pushover. There's no fluke what's going on out there in Utah. Okay, it's no fluke, and I don't want I don't want people to think that it is. It's not. That team can play. They got they don't have they're not the number one seed for nothing. They got seven players out there that's averaging double figures. They can play basketball and they can shoot the three point shot. Now, but when we talk about the Clippers, it's either gonna be I know it's only two spots in that West Final, but with Rondo in that lineup, a healthy Rajon Rondo in that lineup who can provide the veteran leadership. You saw what he did last year. He came on, and he came on at the right time with the Lakers. He provided that great leadership to that Clippers team. They should have one of those spots in that West Final, whether it's against Utah, whether it's against L.A. They should have a spot in that West Final. And, and there's really no more excuses for that team, especially now that or, – or whether – there's no more excuses for Kawhi Leonard. Mm-hmm. They brought Kawhi Leonard there because they know that they knew that he could deliver a championship. He went, he went and had that one year stint with Toronto, and was the man over there and won that title with them. They brought him to the Clippers to do the same thing, and yet the Los Angeles Clippers still have not made it to at least a Western Conference Finals. 
the same team who has had the likes of Chris Paul, DeAndre Jordan, Blake Griffin. Now you have Kawhi Leonard. You have Paul George who's still playing at, a, at an all-star caliber level. It's time. It's time for them to make that next step. And I think with Rondo, I think they make the next step, Leon. Yeah. Um, I think the I think the Clippers are cooked. Because, you know, Denver acquired Aaron Gordon. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Problem for everybody. Yeah, like, it is. Yeah, you know, they're, you know... Mm. And I, I'm not saying, you know, I, I was, you know, I was very much against the move that Ray Von Rando made to the Clippers. I, I, I didn't like it for all the reasons you just mentioned, Danny. All the reasons you just mentioned, that's why I did not like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm taking all objectivity out of the mix, speaking from a pure Lakers um, fan point of view. I did not like the move um, because it does make them better. It gives them that playoff caliber point guard that they lacked in the past. You know, it's, it's safe to say that Ray John Rando is the best point guard because of the past since Chris Paul left. And I'm saying this about him even playing a playoff game. I'm talking about from experience and Dylan Rondo from a Laker fan point of view with us having him last year in the playoffs to us having to face against him 10 years ago in the finals. Mm-hmm. Or 11 years ago. So, you know, we're, we're talking, Rajon Rondo is, you know, is arguably one of, one of you know, the better point guards to have played during the playoffs the NBA has ever seen, arguably. Um, saying that to say, I believe that, you know, it reference to the Hawks, that I, I you know, when, when the smoke is cleared, I believe the Hawks will be the fourth seed. Um, this is what, you know, I know, I know last time we were on the, on the show, I expressed that the Hawks were perhaps one of the more disappointing teams in the league because I, I, I believe that they were, they are looking like now that they won't really play potential about three years ago. But now, since um, Nate McMillan has seen the range, they're looking like the Hawks should be looking like. And, you know, I know, I know they lost for it. I know they, they lost for straight. That, that that's a slump that you know. I mean, at one point in time, you know, about some trade. So at the end of the day, you know, they'll, they'll be okay. Um, I believe that the Lou Williams acquisition will will pay dividends, and the Hawks can possibly affect them. I mean, they have all the kind of do it. You got you got a four. Um, you guys have the one and two. I mean, everything's I'm going to form a plan. Um, I'm. I'm waiting for Daniel Gallinari to wake up. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. You know, I believe that when he wakes up, this this thing will it, it will really start um it will start firing our service. Um I in reference to Utah, yeah, granted they have a lot of players scoring double figures. Um seven players scoring double figures, they had to really go there, was playing up, 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 up to potential. Um Dom Mitchell was being Dom Mitchell. At the same time, when I think of the Hawks, I mean, not the Hawks, um, the Jazz, I think of the Hawks in 2014. I'm talking about the Hawks team that win, that, that won over 60 games, but were ultimately swept by LeBron. And I believe that this Utah team, 
if you notice in the during the All Star game, LeBron James showed Utah no respect. Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert were the last two players picking All Star game for a reason. Mm-hmm. And it has nothing to do with the fact that they should have been picked last. It was because of them of LeBron James showing their team no respect. And let's hope that doesn't come back and back Lakers in the butt. Um, exactly. I mean, <laughs> I believe that. Go ahead. That's exactly it. I hope that, you know, well, he did mention something on that all-star pick. He did say, I mean, like, you know, no disrespect to them boys. They're doing their thing. But, but when you play a game of NBA Live, who picks the Utah Jazz? <laughs> you know, and it's exactly. like that took him a long <laughs> You know, he said that. And, and it was like, wow, you know what? He's right. And, and that is kind of, you know, it's disrespectful for us to think that way, but he's right. Who does, right? But yeah. with this team, and listen, this team has a chip, chip on their shoulder. Donovan Mitchell feels like, listen, y'all talking about the Denver Nuggets, the Clippers, Lakers, what about us? And I hope that that does not come back. Yeah, you're right, Leon. I hope that don't come back to bite everybody in the league. But listen, if you ever watch that Utah team, it's fun to watch. And and they play they play great. They played about as good as basketball. If I had to compare a team, yeah, you can say the Hawks, that 60-win Hawks team, but I think the Utah defense, I think Utah defensively was better than that Hawks team. Yeah, yeah, this is the point, because um, Tristan Thompson got his payday crazy at Horford. Right. You know that, that that's the that was the year. I believe Tristan Thompson was averaging double digit rebounds in that series. Yep. So you know, kind of the same way that Clay Capella got his big payday because of the shellacking that the Houston Rockets put on the um, the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, was that three years ago when they had Jimmy Butler? Three years ago. Yeah. Uh, three years ago. Yeah. Clay Capella took Carlton Towns totally out of the series. Which led to really getting that, that 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 contract that he has right now. Yep. So you know when I look, when I look at Utah, and I'm gonna be honest with you, I, I you know I'm not, this is not just from a um, a Laker point of view. I'm just I, I just you know when it comes to the playoffs, you know um, I mm, you know they're 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 gonna, they're gonna be the first seed, and the way things are. Um, panning out, I believe the Lakers should. It, let's see, by the, we're, we're, we're going. We let's see. We're, I believe if let's see, the, you're currently fourth right now. Yeah, we're currently fourth right now. That's we're, we're going to drop because we're going. I believe we lost to the Clippers, or if we didn't lose to the last night, we're going to lose to them tonight. Um, well, y'all play, y'all lost to them pretty bad today. Y'all, y'all would have yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So. You already know how I was going to go. Um, the Lakers are going to fall to about the 60, potentially, you know, when, when LeBron and AD come back. Um, AD has been cleared. He, he's been cleared to practice. Um, I believe LeBron should be back within the next week and a half. Andre Drummond um, recently got his toenail tore off. Mm. Ouch. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, on our group text, yeah. it was, as soon as the Lakers announced that Andre Drummond that Andre Drum, Drummond move, you uh, group texted us with the headline, "We'll see in the finals." Yeah, yeah, I, I believe that's going to happen. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I was really questioning the Lakers front front office. And it, it, to me, the move in the offseason, you know, like we took a step backwards. I mean, it made sense to a certain degree, but not really. You know, because I I, I, I can't stand that. The usage rates of Dwight Howard and Javale McGee were low in the playoffs because of matchups. But at the same time, the, perp- the the reason that we were even able to get such high seeding in the playoffs was because of those two, because of the middle being shut down, the rebounding, the defense. You know, those the the, the three headed um, monster that was our front court was AD. JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard. I mean, that was huge. So, for us to go off and, to, like, it was like addition by a massive subtraction. But trying to be massive subtraction. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, Marcus Saul has not lived up to his, to, to, to his potential. You know, right. age, attrition, etc. Um, I like my Trent Harrell, but he's just, he's just not JaVale McGee or Dwight Howard. So, by the acquisition of Andre Drummond, that kind of made everything better. And I believe that, you know, it, it, it will pay dividends. You know, we, we look at um, Andre Drummond is probably the best rebounder in the NBA season, Dennis Robbins, I felt like that. Um, he, he he is pretty much, you know, he's 27 years old. So so we could pay him. And I think when it came down to, you know, the, the Lakers front office just didn't trust giving Dwight Howard a long-term contract because of his age. Even though Dwight Howard is, 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 is balling right now, which which makes me sad as, as a Lakers fan, but at the same time, with the acquisition of Andre Drummond, once this toe heals up and AD and LeBron come back, we will be as good as anybody out there, and and, and and that's huge in the West because the West does have two huge centers, and Rudy Gobert and Yoke and um Yoke and Jokovic. Can I pronounce the first name? Yeah. Yeah. But that's what we that, that's what pay dividends. That will potentially, that's it for certain, but I believe that will potentially land the Lakers in the finals. And that's from a judging point of view, but from a from a fan point of view, land us in the finals. Mm-hmm. And let, let's not forget, let's, let's, let's not forget about giving everybody. No. That air and and also, please, let's not, let us not. Portland. Portland can be dangerous. It, it, they got Damian Lillard and a and a and a surgeon Carmelo Anthony. And CJ McCullough's back and healthy and Nurkic is back and healthy. Watch Portland. With a chip on their shoulders. With a chip on their shoulders. And they feel like they have the most disrespected player in all of basketball on that team. So which is Dane Dollar, who is in who should be in the top two or three in the MVP consult. He's doing everything he possibly can to lead that Portland team. Mm-hmm. And we cannot forget about Phoenix. No. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Nope. I mean, I mean, does this really just just solidify? I mean, even though he was on the first Dollar Hall of Famer, 
But this right here just solidifies Chris Paul right here as just uh, clearly a first ballot Hall of Famer and arguably one of the best point guards that ever ever played this game. I mean, everywhere this game going to make a difference. I agree. I agree with that. Phoenix shooting the numbers right now. This is this is the best we've seen Phoenix play in over ten years, everybody. We we, we haven't seen things this good since two thousand and. Nine, really, 2010, when they challenged the, uh, the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals, back when they had, when, when they had Amari Stoudemire, um, Steve Nash, Jared Dudley, when he was a Packer. I mean, that was a real good season team. And for them to be playing at this high level, I mean, they're playing actually to their potential. So, but to the Eastern Conference, is it? Is it? It's been rumored. That Vince Carter is coming out of retirement to go to the Brooklyn Nets. Well, I think the Brooklyn Nets kind of started this whole thing when they uh, picked, when they were able to acquire James Harden, um, couple of, you know a couple months ago, and I think that kind of started that started the landslide because now people are like, okay, we have to do something to compete with Brooklyn, especially if you're in the East. So that's why you're seeing all these different moves. And I don't know if Vince Carter is serious about going about. Uh, that's the first I've heard of it. Uh, that Vince Carter would, is considering uh, getting coming back from retirement to play for Brooklyn, and if anything, that it's what we said earlier. He's chasing a ring. Um, if that is indeed, if that is indeed true, and that is, and that's why, and that's where he wants to go, it, it's going to be an effort for Vince to uh, to go after a, one a ring. And if he can pick it up again, then maybe he'll probably retire. But I, but Vin, I mean, Vince is 21, 21 NBA seasons. He's got. I don't think he has really anything that he needs to prove at this juncture of his career. I really, I, I really don't. And I, I mean, but we'll, like I, like I said, Liam, we'll see if that if your report is true, and Vince Carter does come out of retirement to play with the uh, with the LA, with the Brooklyn Nets and try to get them over the hump with James Harden into the Eastern Conference Finals and into the NBA Finals as well. I thought it was a joke. I thought, I thought, it, I thought it was a joke. An I April Fool's Day joke. Okay. Yeah, yeah, because, I mean, they had been saying that, oh, yeah, so, you know, Allen Iverson's going to sign with them too. So, it's, <laughs> you know, it, but, but think about it. It's because LaMarcus Aldridge, like, but, this team has no excuses to not get out of the East. I know Philadelphia is good. Philadelphia is a, is a good team, and some would probably argue even with those five on that team, and when Durant gets back, if, if Durant doesn't get back, I'll put it this way, if Durant doesn't get back, then Philly has a, a greater chance of getting out of the East. But if Kevin Durant at 90% is back, forget it. Mm-hmm. The East can forget it. They might lose one game out of the entire playoffs with Durant there. Right. It, and and it's crazy because even without him there, they're still lingering at that top two spot. They're trying to take that one spot, but Philadelphia is playing equally good. Mm-hmm. So it's hard for them to, you know, squeeze and take control of that number one spot like they want to. But I don't think they care about that, guys. I think that they can take any. They can take anybody. Look, James Harden is playing some of the best. Some people would argue he's playing probably the best basketball we've ever seen him play. 
and that includes him with some of those years in Houston. Right. And I think that, you know, if you was to ask me, I think he's the leading front runner. I think he's the front runner for the MVP award. Okay. That's me. Guys, I don't know if you're watching the NCAA women's basketball final, but we could potentially have a very close game, close final. Stanford did have a big lead, but Arizona has cut it to three, 43 to 40. They just started the fourth quarter. Stanford has committed 17 turnovers, Arizona only five, and that's allowed the Wildcats to cut into the Cardinal advantage. So this is going to be something you're going to want to monitor uh, over the next 20 minutes or so, because this game could potentially go down to the wire. And speaking of the NCAA women's basketball, the men's wrap themselves up tomorrow. Gonzaga against Baylor. The Zags going after a perfect season. Um, I asked Daniel this yesterday. He And uh, Leon, I want to get your opinion on this. If Gonzaga does do it, they will achieve something last done by Indiana way back in the day, a perfect undefeated regular season, but it's in COVID. Does it get an asterisk? And Daniel said no. What do you, what do you, what do you potentially think about that? Absolutely not. I mean, they got to go out there and they have to go out there and compete at the end of the day. You know, that's not, they're just, they're just not showing up and just people are just handing them the game. You guys are going out there competing and coming out on top. I'm out. Mean, I, I, the people said, you know, some people are saying the same thing about the Lakers last year. I didn't, I didn't like that. I mean, that was a very challenging season, you know, to, to make it through last year. Right. You know, so I, I don't I don't take anything away from Gonzaga. I mean, I, 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 I kind of take them to go to the Final Four and win it all myself, you know, but I think I, I like the obvious choice. Yes. There's, there's no logical reason to not have them picked. You know, with um, I think Baylor. You know, they're you know it, it requires a little bit of ingenuity with that one, but with Gonzaga, I believe they're going to pretty much um, they're going to pretty much take it home, and no one's really disagreeing with that. But yeah, I don't that I don't take any way from guys, anything way at all. Right, and I believe anybody who does, they're you know, they 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 should be ashamed of themselves. If Gonzaga. If Gonzaga gets it, that and and anybody says that there that there's an asterisk that needs to be by their, by their name, they don't know basketball and they didn't watch last night's game. No, last night's last game was night's one game, for the ages. Yeah, may have been one of the greatest college basketball games you'll ever see. The league never got past seven for both teams. Uh, they stayed within each other, and UCLA give Mick Cronin and that staff some credit. They were a number 11 seed, and people had an uproar about them even getting into the tournament. They were one of the last four in. Uh, they they go in. They had to play three overtime games in this tournament to even get to where they were. Listen, they they have they have some great talent on that ball club. They showed us that, listen, it doesn't matter what you do. If you just give us a shot to get in, we're going to make it do what it do. And it was the first time last night that mighty, mighty Gonzaga was truly tested. I mean, completely tested to where a young man by the name of Jalen Suggs, who some people say would be probably number two behind Kay Cunningham in this year's NBA draft. And, and to me, and people would argue he's not really, he's not even the best player on the team. Some people would argue that. That's how deep Gonzaga is. 
he comes down and he hits this game-winning three-point shot that ranks now probably in the top five as far as great college basketball shots uh, in tournament history. So it, now they've been tested. They're going to get tested again tomorrow night because Baylor, these are, these are the two best teams in college basketball. They've been the two best teams all season long. Right. And mind you, this matchup, was actually supposed to have been played December the 5th, but Baylor got hit hard with COVID situation. And are we going to give Baylor an asterisk? Because Baylor got hit hard in January Yes, with COVID issues. They, they, they were three weeks out, but they paid for it because they lost to Kansas and Oklahoma State. They were the only two losses they had uh, this year. They went on and they won the Big 12 tournament. They got over that. They got over adversity. But they've got four guys who can play too, and they got a kid by the name of Davion Mitchell who who is just a better defender as I've ever seen on 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 the level of college basketball. This kid can get at it. This will be an all time classic too. If Gonzaga wants to go unbeaten, they're gonna have to earn it. They will win. They will earn it. But they damn sure don't deserve an asterisk. Right. Well said. 32 wins they would have this year and not one loss. Yep. And they've beaten Iowa, Illinois. They've beaten those teams. Mm-hmm. So we can't sit here and say that it's going to be an asterisk by them. I'm, I'm so sick of that asterisk term sometimes. You know, it's, listen, they got on the court and they played. They didn't play in a bubble. They had to travel. The only bubble they played in really was in the NCAA tournament. And they didn't have to travel nowhere. Or whatnot. No, you know, they they they're gonna do what they're supposed to do, just like all the sixty eight, sixty seven other teams had to do. Yep, only one Play one game was it, to where you are. VCU, right? They were the only team that got that got knocked out. Virginia Commonwealth. So Virginia Commonwealth was the only team that got knocked out via COVID. Everybody else got everybody else was able to keep it keep it together, keep Correct. keep it uh yeah. The stay in the bubble, stay the what they're supposed to do, pass all the tests, but only one team. And I think uh, no no women's team got bounced out because of COVID. So you got to give that a lot of credit. Uh, women's yeah. also they had the the little kerfuffle when the uh, with the example of the weight room and the wide disparity between between the men's and women's games. But that's a that's a topic for the for another time. As Stanford has just extended their lead to seven on Arizona with about 534 remaining in regulation, 51-44. ESPN shoehorning this game in between between now and their debut of Sunday Night Baseball, White Sox and Angels on at eight. And they have to learn that college basketball never takes two hours for, for a game, especially on this level. Well, I think uh, they are really kind of compressing things at this juncture to make sure this one gets in in time and gets done in time for their other for their other ball game, as uh, again the White Sox and Angels will play again. It is, and this is a good segue to our next topic because with Major League Baseball starting up and COVID also on the mind, the Washington Nationals uh, had huge issues with the disease, the virus. Their series with the Mets completely wiped out, and now the Braves are coming in and at Monday's game at least has been X'd. They're hoping to get underway on Tuesday uh, with the Braves and Washington Braves drop three games to Philadelphia uh, to start their season. 
swept by the Phils as they will return hopefully to pick up some W's in Washington provided they could ever get on the field. But guys, another thing has kind of happened and it's another example where Georgia quite, I won't say accidentally, inadvertently, whatever, they are once again in the forefront of a national controversy. And I'll um, in terms of the All-Star Game and the election, SB202 from Georgia is now law. It's created a lot of changes in how Georgia's election is going to uh, be held. And because of some because of some other provisions, because of some provisions, a massive outcry has come about and Major League Baseball has elected to move the All-Star game in protest of this uh, of uh, in protest of this election law. And of course, this election law doesn't do just one thing. It does about 20, 30 different things. It's a massive bill. 98 pages. It's got every everything's kind of jammed into it. And of course, it's become our latest cultural flashpoint um, because the Republicans, Brian Kemp, is pointing to certain aspects of this bill that he says will improve access to the polls and other other people, uh, liberal activists and the whatnot, are pointing to other elements that will, if not suppress, then certainly dissuade uh, Democrats, people who normally vote Democrats, from poll from going to the election. Uh, someone in Atlanta, Jeff Schultz, had it as this solves a non-existent problem. Of course, all this come about due to last election accusations of voter fraud, and that Mr. Trump actually won Georgia, but because Miss Miss Abrams engaged in underhanded tactics, it caused Mr. President Biden to win Georgia, and thus. The presidential election, still a lot of hard feelings and a lot of it coming out of Georgia because uh, the Secretary of State, Brian Raffensperger, who um, ostensibly was supposed to run the election, he kind of uh, upheld the veracity of the final count and and angered many GOP, uh, GOP operatives by not doing enough to either uncover evidence of fraud or challenge the results. And of course, I'm going down a rabbit hole here, and I apologize for that. I've got my own take on it. But because of that, Major League Baseball has elected to remove the All-Star game from Atlanta. And I was kind of half serious, half joking that I was really looking forward to the Celebrity All-Star game because, boy, that would have been something for the ages. Um, and, and of course, more corporations are, are criticizing Major League, are criticizing Georgia for the law and Delta was one of them. And uh, what did the legislature do? They took back a tax break for Delta. So now Delta has to spend an extra couple million dollars for fuel subsidies. And I'm sure that's going to get passed on to the consumer in form of higher air travel uh, air tickets. But again, um, again, I'm going down a rabbit hole, and I apologize, and I will do more on this rabbit hole in a little minute. But I just want to get your opinions on what Major League Baseball is doing and uh, the reaction behind it. Well, like you said, it solves a very non-existent problem. I don't, you know, right? Even I'll be honest with you that that arrest that occurred with the state representative knock on the door was 
I mean, oh yes, yes. Uh, well, Park Cannon, I believe her name is. Um, yeah, she, I mean, I, she is. A, yes, she I tried mean, to she, when Governor Kemp tried was signing the bill. She was trying to enter a the private sanctum where he was signing it. Knocked on the door mm-hmm. and was subsequently arrested. Uh, whether or not she'll be, I think she was formally charged. I don't know. I don't know for sure. But she is looking at if they decide to go forward with this. She's looking at a maximum of eight years in jail. Uh, for that, because I think she was being arrested for criminal trespass. Um, but yeah, yeah. God, man, I, I, I just, you know, she's out there with that City Trends outfit. You know, just put on a, she put on a real show. I don't agree with any of that. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest with you, especially as a person, uh, as a, as a Black American, you were, you pretty much put your freedom on the line for. You know, and, and you know, I'll be honest with you. If you're if you're a Black American, there's only two reasons you should be you're put, you're putting your freedom on the line. If you're if you're dealing with politics, and that's to get and I'm I'm I'm, I'm gonna say it to get reparations for money that's owed for for hundreds of years of slavery, or to get police officers arrested for shooting people. Other than that, what are you talking about? I think she was out there wasting her time. For a problem that doesn't even that that really like 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 you said, time for a non-existent problem. Who cares? I mean, but, I'm, but I'm, Leon, what do you think about Major League Baseball? Do you think what do you think Major League? Ba- I mean, Major League Baseball is moving. What, what do you think about Major League Baseball with that move? I think Major League Baseball is just pretty much trying to you know I guess they're trying to legitimize the law. By going off and um, and kind of acknowledging that and saying that you know and um, you know we're we're kind of standing with the woman and you know we, we don't agree with her being arrested. I don't I don't believe anybody should go to jail. You know yeah. I don't think she should be you know, eight years in prison for that. You know I, I don't think they're gonna give her eight years and bless her heart. You know but to put your to to put your freedom on the line for something like that. I mean. I don't agree with that. I, I want to get it. You, right. know, you 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 going down and knock on knock on the door until the police show up. Going to make sure the cameras on there. You know when if you seen the way they were dragging her away, she put on the whole show. I mean, uh, oh, oh okay. Now, you know it's it's like one of those. Oh, if, if you say so. Mm-hmm. You know I mean was 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 that much voter fraud going on? I mean do I, you know. Do I believe, you know, person, person? Do I believe that that that, that Trump lost the election? Doesn't matter, right? You know what I mean. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. They 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 got him out of office. You know, Joe Biden's in there. These people got to live with that. They got to live with that. Mm-hmm. You know, life 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 goes on. Hey, you have election, and and there there will be another election in the next the next couple of years. You, you, you'll, you'll be okay, right? Well, with Major League Baseball, I mean, I, I, Major League Baseball's, I guess they're trying to get on the woke side of, of things. And whether or not you agree with that is, is, does it, it doesn't really matter. What does matter is that Major League Baseball, first of all, people are saying it's hurting the city of Atlanta. Well, this, it's n- technically, no, it's not. Might, there's some downtown institutions which might be hurting, but the Atlanta Braves are not in the Atlanta Braves. They are in the Cobb County Braves. And the ironic thing is that Cobb County is the area 
that when the absentee ballots were counted, it went so heavily pro-Biden that it put, it put Georgia over the top in his category. So in essence, what Major League Baseball is doing is hurting the very same people who are responsible for this. Now, there are two... Uh, so that's a little bit of... Uh, I'll, 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 and getting back to the law, there are two things about the law. Again, there's a lot of, lot of things. That, yes, it improves access in some cases, but there are two very main issues that liberal activists have problems with. Number one, you cannot give food or water to anyone standing in line. That's, that's number one. So all these, thing, all these things of people coming in, and some of those lines, they're hours long. You have to stay in those lines for hours. And the second thing is it reduces the power of the Secretary of State to oversee elections and gives the legislature more control. So ostensibly, the legislature has more power, more, a greater ability to throw out certain things that they don't agree with and give, the, give it back to and give it and make sure that a Republican wins. Essentially, heads I win, tails you lose. Those are really the two items that people are squawking about. All right, Leon. All right, Leon. Back, I'm sorry. I just had to just had to point that out. Now back to you. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to jail for that. Right. I'm sorry if I'm not going to jail for that one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I I believe that there's. I mean, you know, like I said, the election proposition process, but. For those of us that, that that live in Atlanta, and those of us who know anything about Ty Cobb County, I was shocked that the Democrats took that too. Mm-hmm. This has to be. I think, you know, Ty Cobb County is a very conservative place. So I think that 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 raised a lot of eyebrows. You know, when they seen that the Democrats actually took the county, like, wow, I, I, okay. That, that was shocking. <laughs> I was literally, I was kind of shocked with that one. So you know, I mean, but, I think I, I, I think I wasn't, I wasn't the only person shocked. But, but to the point where people were wondering, like, hey, was was there a little bit of voter fraud going on? I don't know. But do you, <laughs> but do you agree with Major League Baseball's decision to move the All Star game? Um, you know, no. Right, and I think I think, no, and I, no. I think that's kind of, and I think that's kind of the the issue here. Um, I think I think there's a lot of people, especially in Georgia, who do not agree with that choice because you're hurting the wrong people. That's that's what I think the issue is. If you're you're, you're trying to make us see the thing of it is the thing of it is. Um, yes, it, it's not so much voter suppression as it is voter dissuasion, but Demo- but the Democrats have to come out. Democrats came out. They won the presidential election. Then they turned around six weeks later and won the two Senate seats. So now they got to make it a three in a row. And here's the and here's the old saying: once is a fluke, twice is a coincidence, three is a trend. If they really want to keep their keep this, whether or not you agree with Republic, whether or not you're a Republican or a Democrat, whether you're just looking at trends, if they want to keep this going, they're going to have to keep the momentum on and keep turning out in next November. It's a still a long time, but that's that's kind of what it is. Uh, it is now 54-50 Stanford over Arizona, just less than a minute to go in in the uh, women's basketball final. And I think uh, Arizona's going to the line uh, 
with a chance to make this a one-possession game. It's Ari McDonald, who had a, has had a great tournament shooting a couple of foul shots, although it looks like she missed her first one, bang, banged it off the rim. So she's got, she really needs to hit this. They have to make this at least a one-possession game to try and pre to put pressure on the Cardinal. And sure enough, she drained that one. So it's a three-point game, less than a minute to go. And this might just be a pretty good finish as Stanford is bringing the ball. Daniel, we haven't heard from you on this. What, what, what's your take on the uh, MLB situation? And then, we'll just, and then we'll just cut it there. Uh, you know, I'm, I keep it short. Um, Arizona. I, 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 Go ahead. I really don't know how to feel at this point. Mm -hmm. um, I do agree with Neon with uh, Mike Cannon's, uh, you know, behavior. I do agree with that. Um, I, I think Major League Baseball only did this. I think they felt like it was the quote unquote political thing, politically correct thing to do, mm -hmm. you know? I, I felt like that that was the move that they were going to do anyway. Um, do I agree with it? I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I do. Okay. Well, Ari McDonald just had a steal, and she was fouled as she raced to the hoop, made both foul shots, and now Stanford just has a one-point lead on Arizona, 54-53, 36 seconds to go. The Wildcats getting this done on the line. I think Stanford only has two made foul shots. Arizona now 13 of 18 from the line. So this, this is going to be a great finish between this one, Stanford and Arizona. And, and kudos to Adia Barnes, uh, a black woman, mm -hmm. might I add. Uh, she's the head coach of Arizona. Uh this, that Arizona team, this Arizona team has just been under the radar. Um, a lot of people have not been giving them the respect that they deserve, but they're earning it today. They're really earning it today. They're pushing the, the team that's probably been the best team in the country all season long, and, and they're pushing them to their absolute limit. Yes, and it's 36 seconds remaining, so Arizona does not have to foul. That's the important thing. They can just afford to play great. They can afford to play stuffing defense. Stanford, since they call the timeout, they'll get to inbound it on their side of the court. So this should be a this should be a wonderful finish, and hopefully we'll have an equally exciting finish tomorrow night as Baylor and Gonzaga go at it for the national title. Well, that's going to wrap us up here for the last three guys do a podcast. Leon Brown, Daniel Bolton, myself, John Morgo. Thank you so much for watching and listening to us. Again, we'll have uh, this episode will rebroadcast. It'll drop on Tuesday. SoundCloud and iTunes and Spotify. And Stanford's just playing keep away right now. They're just holding on the ball with 12 seconds remaining. They don't have to get a shot up. And it got tipped back. Oh, did they call a foul? I think they called a foul. But I don't know if Stanford has any fouls to give. Or let's see. Well, they called a timeout, and I don't know who the foul's going to be called on. There is five seconds remaining. So we'll come out of the timeout and see who that is. So anyway, thank you so much. We'll be with you next week, and I hope you, hope you all have a good week. Thank you so much, and have a good night. This is the last of you guys do a podcast.